You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So, Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Calling all trivia nerds, Brittany here, and I host the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast with my best friend, Meredith. Is your next car ride looking like a snooze fest? (laughs) We've got The Cure, three rounds of awesome trivia every week. Harry Potter, Disney, science, sports, you name it. No more silent car troubles. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Connect, laugh, and learn with your kids, big and small. (laughs) New episodes every week, wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. I will be your host today. This is Jeff here in the studio. And uh, coming down the chimney last night and camping out all day, are uh, Neil, Matt, and Ken. How are you gentlemen doing? Hey, good. I, uh, hopefully we'll be bringing a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of Christmas cheer today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my stomach is a little full from uh, hot chocolate and marshmallows mm-hmm. and, and a little bit of some uh, little ginger cookies. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty full. I told you not to eat the fruitcake, man. I, well, I know, but uh, I apologize uh, to your bathroom in advance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is not very Christmassy so far. <laughs> it is not, but uh, there is a little chill in the air uh, mm-hmm. because the window just opened and uh, secretly flying in straight from the North Pole, uh, adjacent from Spain, is uh, <laughs> Kendall Whitehead, our United States champion. How are you doing, Kendall? Ho, 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 guys. I'm doing well. Good to be back in the States. <laughs> yes. Tell us about your recent travels. Where have you been uh, delivering presents to all uh, all who need it? Um, first, I went to Madrid. And then I went to Paris. So wow. that's it. Um, I think that's enough. <laughs> just flew in. That's Distributed good. presents to those children over yeah. there. Yeah. That was hard, you know, <laughs> walking everywhere, <laughs> delivering presents. But um, it was good. It was an anniversary trip for my husband and I. We've been married for one year. Oh, Congratulations. Thank you so much. So we had a great time. Is that the Christmas. silver? Silver, wood? I believe it's paper. Paper? Okay. I, I know it's leather, wood, paper, You're silver. You're thinking of silver bells. Mm. Ah. It is Christmas time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Kendall? I live in Southern California, Rancho Cucamonga, uh, to be specific, but I don't think anyone knows where that is. I've heard of it. I uh, it's in Southern really? California. It's fun uh, to say. It's a funny name. That's why I've heard it before. Like <laughs> yeah. Seattle. Uh, <laughs> I'm an attorney. I'm 30 years old. All right. Yeah. All yeah. that good stuff. And she loves trivia. Yeah. She's one of Triviality's uh, main attorneys on Retainer. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. we say a lot of libelous you know. things. Yes. <laughs> we need it. First of all, thank you very much for being a Patreon supporter. It means a lot to us, and, and you've helped the, the show grow. So, we appreciate it. You are so welcome. Yeah. And uh, so, for today's game, I think uh, me and Kendall are going to team up and we're going to be the Christmas Kens. Oh. All right. Uh, we were thinking, we were talking it over, and uh, I think that we're going to be the Noels because we're taking a W today. Ooh. That's a little trash talk for you guys. <laughs> and uh, before I toss it to the rules guy, I just want to emphasize to all of our listeners, no matter what uh, winter holidays you celebrate, mm-hmm. happy holidays. Yep. Um, here in the studio, we all grew up celebrating Christmas, so that's why we're doing a Christmas game. But can't stress enough, no matter what you want to celebrate, please enjoy that. Yeah, uh, the holidays are about uh, spending time with friends and family, uh, uh, giving and receiving, um, and uh, you know, uh, right. just having a good time. So. And I have to spend it with you guys anyway. So yeah, True. It's, yeah, it's nice that we can all spend it together, and also with the rules guy. <laughs> the rules of the game are simple: twenty questions split into two rounds, worth ten points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. 
at the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop. All right, now that we got the rules out of the way, is everyone ready to go? No? You want to make a joke? Merry Christmas, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. Uh, it's the gift that keeps on giving, if you ask me. Yeah, it really is. I feel like we should be cutting back to our previous Christmas episode as like the ghost of Christmas past, just to see what happens, like if, if, it, if it's relevant. Are you the spirit I was told to expect? I am. Who are you? I am the ghost of Christmas past. With Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Whoppers, but I don't like malt in any sort of liquid form. Oh, okay. Yeah. If only there was an element called Christmasium. Oh, I'd be all over that. You'd be on it. offensive. It's the Dutch boy again. He's back. <laughs> Come here, Santa Claus. Give me gifts, please. I've been a very good boy. I had an animatronic uh, Mickey Mouse that you put like a tape in the back and it talked. Yeah. Like a story. It's all a very yeah. similar thing. Be my friend. <laughs> all right. Question 10. Montgomery. Well, Satan. <laughs> question 10. Mary Krampus. Oh, this is very difficult. This episode is getting away from me. <laughs> I had not. stayed very much away <laughs> from that episode so that it didn't accidentally ruin <laughs> questions I was going to write. If uh, there are repeats, it's sheer ignorance. Well, we, so. we forgot it anyway, so. There's only really like 50 things you could ask about Christmas, so. <laughs> so all right, I think by well, the end of the game, I'll have all of them. Bring on <laughs> the questions about pagan tradition. Let's go. <laughs> all right, if everyone's ready to go, let's begin. The three wise men who travel to Bethlehem to meet Jesus are also known as the three magi. Magi is a word which derives from Persian roots and is actually the name of a religious caste for what early Persian monotheistic religion. This faith has its deity, the supremely wise creator, Ahura Mazda. Yikes. By the way, Ahura Mazda literally translates to the Lord creator and extremely wise. All so, right. Mm. And handsome. Mm-hmm. I, when he said magi, or at first I was like, oh, magi. And mm-hmm. then, uh, then it went oh, south from there. Mer is the answer. Mer, <laughs> it's not. Uh, do you know about this uh, deity who zooms zooms or no? <laughs> no. Okay. Not at all. This is not one of my deities. I don't believe. It could be. Uh, we're gonna lock in. Yeah. <laughs> are oh. we? Okay. Well, Kendall, the only uh, monotheistic religions I know are Judaism, Christianity, and uh, Islam. I don't think it's any of those. Um, but I knew I do know who the prince of Persia is, and that's Jake Gyllenhaal. So you want to go with Gyllen, Gyllenhaalism? Listen, Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal is my absolute biggest celebrity crush, so Ooh. I'm more than happy to go with that. We're gonna go with Gyllenhaalism and his fabulous beard. Gyllenhaal. Yeah, deck the Gyllenhaals because we were thinking Prince of Persia, and I had nothing else here, so I just wanted to make that pun. <laughs> uh, I'm sure this is one that you've all heard before. Um, Zoroastrianism. Oh, oh yeah. yes. Uh, yeah. Classic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kendall, are you? Uh, do you like uh, Gyllenhaal bearded or or not bearded? Oh my gosh! Anyway, you'll give them to me. I like them. Um... <laughs> Night Nightcrawler Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, even that. <laughs> A little Lou Bloom action. <laughs> All right, on to question two. What famous actor and musician had a hit with A Holly Jolly Christmas, also lending to uh, the small screen his voice as Sam the Snowman, narrator of the claymated Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? You ever heard that name? Yes, that sounds familiar. I believe it's him. This guy sings the other one. Yeah, yes. Yeah, Yeah. okay. We're locked in. I'm familiar with the song and the cartoon. Yeah, me too. No, I don't. I don't know. Roy Rogers. Is that someone real? Yeah. He's real. Buffalo Bill. Yeah. yeah I think he's real. real. <laughs> well, we, um, could, we could do that if you want. I, I wrote Mickey Rooney, but I don't think he's, I mean, he does musical. He looks like the snowman. He, do, he does look like the snowman. <laughs> he, do, he does musical movies, but I don't think he's like a standalone musician. So if you want to no. go with uh, Roy Rogers, chicken, whatever. Yeah. Rogers. <laughs> 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 um, wait, Roy Rogers though he, is he a cowboy? He's a cowboy. Yeah, not an actor. I think he's no voice work. He he's might an be. acting cowboy. He might be. He might be a real cowboy. You guys think? I don't know. Um, Ken, I don't care. We can go with Mickey Rooney. <laughs> yes. Okay, we're gonna go with Mickey Rooney. And uh, what did the the Hollies settle on? So Matt wrote down uh, Bing Crosby, but uh, I'm pretty sure the 
I could be wrong now. I'm David second, Crosby. Second guessing myself, but I'm pretty sure that the snowman with the very luscious mustache that kind of just waddles his way through the snow as he like talks to Rudolph uh, is Burl Ives. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds familiar. Born in Illinois and attending Eastern University, mm-hmm. it is Burl Ives. All right. I love Christmas time, so it's Christmas. I like how we time. turned to uh, Jeff for the most merciless Christmas game. Must <laughs> not merciless. It starts a little hard. It gets well, we're hoping it's going to be like the movie Joyo Noel, where we're mm. going to have a ceasefire, and Jeff's questions will be a little easier. Mm. Uh, you know, like the war. So or the beginning of Santa's sleigh, where he murders everyone, and then it gets a little lighter after. Yeah. So we just have to wait for Jim Con to get murdered, and then everything <laughs> yeah. will be simpler after I'm that. I'm much more of the Futurama Santa. So. Okay. Question three. Mistletoe are actually parasitic plants. They have no formal root structure, and so while they produce sugars through photosynthesis, they mainly consume them through their host plants via what vascular system? I hate you. Only you could take Christmas and turn it into science. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of vascular system? Yeah. Hey, kids, you want to enjoy uh, kissing under the mistletoe? Well, well don't, because it's a vascular system nightmare. (laughs) Hanging parasites above your door. What do you know about parasitic vascular systems? Oh, my God. So much. Uh, have you ever kissed anyone under mistletoe? I'm shocked by how hard you think this is. No, I haven't. I haven't either, actually, which is really surprising because I feel like that's a thing everyone does in movies. So Yeah. Not as common in real life, I, I imagine. For the record, um, okay. it's specifically yeah. the sugars because they, they do attach to both vascular structures. Okay. If that makes it easier. Gotcha. We're, we're locked in. Yeah. We, don't, we don't know. Okay. Um, so I believe in the, you know, the stems of plants, you usually have xylem and phloem and one is for water and one is for food. can't remember which is which. So wait, what are the two? You said phloem? Xylem and phloem. I think phloem would be for water because I think I kind of remembered like a flow sort of, uh, play on words for like water would flow. So let's go with xylem. Sounds good. All right. Yeah, this episode is actually brought to us by uh, Mucinex D because in the wintertime, you have a lot of phloem, um, depending on <laughs> how your allergies are. Matt, what did we lock in with? Uh, plant veins. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, your choices were sorted between xylem and phloem. Unfortunately, it's not water that's flowing them. Phloem is the food. So it is It is not xylem, Ken. It's phloem. Sorry. 50-50. Mm. Mm. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. wow. Three questions in and I finally broke Ken. I'm a broken man. Yeah, it's fair. Oh. Neil, I think you were asking if anybody had ever actually kissed anybody under the mistletoe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have not. I, oh. I think that would be strange. <laughs> anybody else? No. no uh, Kendall? No. Yeah, I think so. I don't know if it was real mistletoe, though. So that might be. Didn't count. So though. perhaps keeping the tradition alive? Maybe not, though. Maybe not, though. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you tell your husband you have to do it this year just to, you know, keep to get on that list, mm-hmm. that mistletoe list. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to change my answer. I think one time we were um, looking at Christmas lights, you know, walking and um, somebody was selling mistletoe. So I'm sure I put it up at some point and I don't know, hopefully we kiss. I guess I, I can't remember. <laughs> it, it all turned out fine. Yeah, yeah. It all worked out. Yeah. All right. On to question four. Trying to capitalize on the success of previous robotic toys, such as Furbies, Cabbage Patch Dolls, in some iterations, and Tickle Me Elmo, what line of robotic hamsters started their own craze in 2009 with their recession-proof starting price of only $10? Mm. These sound familiar. Robotic hamsters. Yeah. Um, Is this the thing that that, uh, Richard Gere uh, advertised for? No. (laughs) Not on Christmas, Neil. (laughs) Please. Uh. Gerbil hamsters. Say it's, it's a sacred holiday. Uh, I heard. I heard they were. It was Richard Gere, and it cost three thousand yeah. dollars for the hamster for one night um, or one week. Uh, you, I know what this is. Night. I know what this is, Matt. I just don't know the name. I, I remember the commercial for it. Uh, you know, don't they like jiggle or something? Or they they look like they're all like hyped up on drugs or something? <laughs> Hopped up on goofballs. Yeah. It's a. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So think of a. Think of a robo hamster name, and then we'll lock in with it. You yeah. <laughs> Matt's on the naughty list this year. If you <laughs> I've had a long day. Yeah, I really don't know on this one. I'm sure my niece asked for it at some point. Oh, no, 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 no. She was born in 2010. She likes nostalgia, though. Yeah, it's a retro <laughs> yeah, toy now. She wants it. 
Yeah, I'm completely at a loss, so um, I'm just going to give a shout-out to my uh, dear departed hamsters, mm. uh, Luffy and Chopper, RIP, and uh, we're going to move on. Uh, yeah, we, di- we didn't know. Uh, we just we thought that uh, they might be cute little fur balls, so we said fur balls. Uh, unfortunately, these were the Zuzu pets. Mm. Ah. Now that I hear it, that doesn't sound familiar at all. No. <laughs> and the, uh, the robotic demons were the Pazuzu pets. Ooh, that's true. <laughs> uh, the Exorcist, uh, Kendall. So we're at question five here. Uh, looks like Matt and I only have ten points. What do you guys have? Uh, that's a that's a big uh, Christmas Golden goose egg. egg. Christmas <laughs> goose egg. Um, so we're at question five. Uh, we'll start with you. Uh, favorite uh, Christmas gift you've ever given or received? When I was five years old, um, my parents, my dad specifically, didn't believe that Santa wrapped gifts. I don't know if that was just him being lazy or what, right? But um, so we'd have wrapped gifts from my parents. And then we come out Christmas morning and then all of our gifts, me and my sister would be laid out in two separate piles. And I think when I was like five or something, I got a pound puppy and those are the dogs with the, you know, the litters. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and my sister got a pound teddy bear, I guess. I don't know, like a bear bears in the pound. And, um, (laughs) (laughs) you could, uh, open it up. Right. And it would have like one to five puppies. Mm -hmm. And I had five. Wow. And I was so excited. Yeah, my <laughs> sister only had two. And I was like, ah. Uh, I had a pound puppy. Yeah. When I was little. Yeah. Are these, these is this a toy? Yeah, yeah, it was a toy. Oh. Did it give birth like for you or? Like via Velcro. You had to do a C-section. Oh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, I had a scalpel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah so that's my, that's my favorite gift. It's a good one. It's a good one. All right. On to question five. No listener submitted questions today, but... Uh, 2003's All I Want for Christmas is a Really Good Tan was released by what four-time CMA Entertainer of the Year? Although, if I know any of you, you're probably more likely to know him as Renee Zellweger's husband. Mm. Renee Zellweger's husband? Yeah. Not Nicole Kidman's husband. Correct. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> um, it's, okay, so it's between him and... Um, because I know your love of country music I as just, a group. It's if not you, Chris Gaines, right? No, it's not Chris Gaines. <laughs> every time I hear Gaines, I, I, I every it's without fail. It's step up too. Tyler Gage is in the house. Channing Tatum. <laughs> um, no, no, it's, you don't think it's this guy? I don't think it's him because uh, he was on an episode of Hard Knocks and they didn't mention Renee Renee Zellweger. He's just a huge Browns fan. It's the dude. It's the dude who's super tan. He wears a white cowboy hat. His shirt's oh. always open. He's he's a huge a huge um, star. He's older. Yeah, right? he won he's he like, won four country music award <laughs> entertainer of the years. Neil, I know. Oh my god, I know who it is though. I can picture him. He's he's always on the beach. His shirts open. <laughs> uh, I have a feeling Neil could paint a, a po- yeah he could paint a portrait of the guy without the face at this point. Uh, can you name any country guys? I know I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna They're think about it. In. You. I'm gonna think about it while they talk because I I think I can get That's it. That's not how this game works. <laughs> <laughs> but if we say it, you can't get it. Okay. Okay. I would guess Kenny Chesney. I don't know. Kenny Chesney. Does he does he fit that description? I really do not like country. Um, but bless your bless your heart. How would he look on the beach in a white shirt? Think about that. Pretty That's tan. Cool. I know Toby Keith is kind of he kind of writes he kind of writes goofy songs like that but uh he's pretty tan um he's an entrepreneur let's go with kenny chesney so i think as part of our christmas agreement ken said if uh if i heard it and didn't pull it before they got it that we couldn't accept points yeah, it is kenny chesney so he said tug mcgraw well i'm glad to report that the kens get credit for the kenny chesney question huh. so uh yeah kenny chesney all right sorry Hi. i would have gotten there it just took me a more okay. time so uh, after five questions, both teams on the board with ten. Woo, ten calling. Merry birds. Christmas. <laughs> All right, on to question six. Orthodox Christmas takes place on or about January seventh in the Gregorian calendar. The reason for this is Orthodox Christians are observing December twenty fifth, but on which calendar that the Romans used and that the Gregorian calendar largely replaced? That wouldn't make sense. That's probably what we use, not what they use. Yeah. So yeah, I'll go, let's go with yours. That's fine. Locked in. Can't really name any other calendars besides the uh, firemen, the, the standard policemen, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> triviality, triviality, boys of triviality. That is in the Christmas stockings this year, everyone. Oh, so excited! So any idea from you? Gregorian is like the big one, right? Um, it's Roman, so I don't know if it's you know named after one of their gods, like a Jupiter or something, but. 
I really have no further guesses. Let's say the astrological calendar. I don't, I have no idea how to answer this. <laughs> the Gregorian or, chance. Gregorian chance. <laughs> All right, we're in with astrological calendar. I literally don't remember where I heard this, but I just listened to a podcast where they said that East, it's weird that Easter changes every year, and they said that's because they base it on the lunar calendar. So I said lunar. Yes, uh, Easter is based on the lunar calendar. Um, in fact, the reason that the they changed from this calendar to the Gregorian calendar was because Easter kept falling farther and farther outside of when they were aiming for. Um, he himself was a little bit of a god on Earth. This was the Julian calendar, mm, named no. for Julius Caesar. I, was, I thought I was right there. I know, me too. Next, that's all right. We opened up the present, and it was just it was socks. It was just coal and coal. stocking. I'd love some socks this year. Actually, I love socks yeah. and underwear as presents. I like to heat my home with coal, so bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> it's very efficient. Yeah. All right. Question seven: The Twelfth Night is not just a Shakespeare play. It's also the day the three wise men came to pay their respects. Depending on whether you start counting the days of Christmas on Christmas or the day after, uh, this observant culminates in what feast day? Uh, defining the feast name would be an experience of a sudden and striking realization. I think we can lock in on this one. You're okay with that? Yeah. Okay. Is it feast of epiphany? Does that sound familiar? I mean, epiphany fits that description. Yeah, and I feel like I've heard that phrase before. Like, come to the feast of epiphany. Yeah. Something like that. Yes. Who exactly are you channeling like that? there? Uh, that was just, I, I just, it was like an older bearded man because I can't grow a beard. So that's kind of so what I, me. yeah, that's like 10 plus 20 years. Like mm-hmm. come to the feast of epiphany, medieval times. I'll yes. be insane. Yeah. <laughs> In 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> we have a waffle bar. It's a slow slide. Yeah. We'll go with it. Yeah. I'll, I'll go with that. I, I don't have a better answer. Yep. I also wrote down epiphany. And the feast is known as epiphany. Right on. You got one. I got one. I feel good about this. Yeah. We got 20 points. <laughs> I think the first round's harder. Same here. Yeah. She she pulled the Kenny Chesney. So, so it's all right. equal equal uh, involvement here at the dinner yeah. table for on Christmas. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Question eight. St. Nicholas, the likely inspiration for Santa Claus, was actually a fourth century Greek Christian bishop from Myra or Myra possibly in a region known as Lycia, that itself a province of the Byzantine Empire, which is now found in what modern country? We celebrate uh, St. Nicholas, uh, St. Nicholas Day. My mom still uh, calls us over back to the, the old house and says... Makes you put your shoes out? No, we don't do that kind of stuff. Oh. We just have a, a sock full of uh, a few little gifts. Yeah, an apple and some yeah, chocolate. Stocking. It's just, a, it's just one athletic sock. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you want to lock in with that? Yeah. Okay. So I don't know about you, but when I hear Byzantine, I, th- I could be entirely wrong, but I think more of the Persian Gulf area. I just wrote down turkey. I don't know. I actually think turkey is a good answer. Let's go with turkey. Yeah, Nothing like a fat Christmas turkey. We said turkey. And I didn't intend it when I wrote it, but it is turkey. All right. Oh, nice. Yum, yum. I feel a lot better about myself. Polish off that dinner with some Turkish delights. Mm. Oh. Which are not nearly as good as uh, Lion, the Witch, and Wardrobe, but lead you to believe. That's where I know that from. That's... <laughs> Thank you for saying that. That kid's part. ready to sell out his whole damn family for some Turkish delights. <laughs> what, is, what is a Turkish delight? It's just a little candy, jelly, sort of chewy. No spoilers. I wrote no questions about this, but I kept seeing that as like a Christmas movie mm, no, on no, lists because no. people are crazy. Well, there's a lot of Christmas movies that shouldn't be on a Christmas movie list. Well, it's, a, it's about Jesus, kind of. If you want to talk about Christmas movies that shouldn't be on a Christmas movie list, preview of the swing round. Oh, uh, foreshadow. Right. Hey, Christmas, ghost of Christmas future. That's right. <laughs> All right. Question nine in the round. Mary and Joseph were both inhabitants natively of what city, which shares its name with a hard rock band who knew better than most love hurts. I think that's a band, right? 80s band. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We're going to uh, put the coals in the fire and lock in. So they came to Bethlehem. So let's cross out Bethlehem. Yeah, I don't think that's the answer. I wrote down Nazarene. I don't even know if that's a city. I did write down Nazareth. Oh, Nazareth, yeah. Nazareth. Uh, The um, other one I wrote down was Arimathea, but I think Nazareth is right. Nazareth? Yeah. Okay. All right. We're locked in with Nazareth. Yeah, I think they're commonly referred to as Mary and Joseph, Joseph of Nazareth. So it makes sense. We said Nazareth. Yep, they were headed down to Bethlehem I, for a census, if I remember right. Uh, but then after Jesus was born, they both headed back to Nazareth. It was so funny, too, because they, they were great people, and they would go door to door, but no one would answer the door when they knocked. Census joke. It's a census joke for all our <laughs> census listeners. 
They weren't Jehovah's Witnesses. Can't no. get those correct numbers if no one answers the door. Mm-hmm. They were literally Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question 10, the final question in round one. Rotten Tomatoes uh, had an editorial list naming the 25 best Christmas movies and included what Tim Burton 1992 directed film as their 22nd best movie? No, he didn't direct that. He was the producer on it? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Common misconception. Oh, well, I could see that. That's the right year, isn't it? Or it's around, it's around there. I'm just trying to go through his other movies. This is around Christmas, right? Yeah, I, I would go with that over the first one I wrote. So there's a little trick in here because he didn't actually direct Nightmare Before Christmas. That's the trap oh. answer. I believe it's Selleck, right? Selleck, yeah. yeah. Tom Selleck. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I think um, Edward Scissorhands takes place around Christmas. Oh, yeah. They have that whole winter scene. Okay. And I think maybe Batman does too, the first one. The first one? Second one? Uh, regardless, I think Edward Scissorhands is the way to go here. I just want to say I wrote down Beetlejuice for some reason, and is that even him? I don't know. It is it him. Is. It I is believe it's not involved Christmas. Oh, the year of my birth. For Beetlejuice? 89? Something like that? I, I think Edward Scissorhands is the way to go. No. I'm just kidding. Yeah, do it. <laughs> <laughs> Edward Scissorhands for us. Yeah, we. Uh, I wrote down Edward Scissorhands. Uh, my gut wrote that down first, mm-hmm. and then we said it, maybe it's Batman Returns because there's a lot of Christmas. Yeah, the original Batman is definitely Batman '89 because that's yeah. what's referred to often. So I figured it makes sense that Returns would come out around '91, '92. So yeah, so we said Batman Returns. Not terribly good though. Um, yeah, I tried to throw you a little bit off the scent by putting Burton's name out there. I think Nightmare Before Christmas was '90. It's later. Three. Yeah. Uh, but Batman Returns makes their list All as right. one of the 25 best what Christmas movies. What a crock. <laughs> and yes, Ew. it's very heavily Christmas-centric. <laughs> I will say, though, if you if you watched the movie, I rewatched it recently, it is very dirty. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. the, the penguin jokes penguin, are every... very sexual. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I, yeah. I, I watched that movie for the first time, like, this year. And I was yeah. like, whoa. I remember seeing that in a, in a theater uh, very close to here when I was younger, and I didn't pick up any of the jokes yeah. that he makes. But Yeah, you had to be, what, like six at the time? Uh, seven. seven, yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't have. Right over your head. We have 15. I was 17. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we have a close game going into the swing round. 40 for the uh, Christmas Kens, and uh, whatever the hell you guys were, you have 50. <laughs> yeah. What were you? <laughs> we're the Noels. Yeah. Uh, following that. Um, I have, in at least in the spirit of the 12 days of Christmas, have come up with a swing round, and it's 12 unlikely Christmas movies. I'm going to give you the year, and uh, two of the two or three of the top build actors, of the top four build actors, and I want the film name. All 12 films were released on Christmas Day. Oh, wow. Right. Okay. They aren't necessarily Christmas movies. They're I don't think a re- single one of them is a Christmas movie. Oh, dang. Okay. They're just released on Christmas. Neil should be pretty good at that since his... Uh tradition is to go see a movie on christmas it is yep after mm-hmm. dinner gifts all that stuff i go to see a movie yeah. I'll, I'll join you this year full yeah. uh full upfront disclosure neil there's only one film on here that you couldn't have possibly seen on release day so these are all okay. recent enough that i think everybody's got a fair shake at it yeah, and since today is christmas i think uh on this release date yeah. ken and i are gonna go see mary poppins i think mm. that should be a delight oh i want to come yeah you can come yeah come, come join fun. us all right cool <laughs> All right, so I will give you the uh, the list real quick, and then I'll go back through just for sake of clarity. If you need anything after that, let me know. All right, the first film was released in 1973, features Paul Newman and Robert Redford, and I'll give you a little hint because this one's a little harder. They team up for the ultimate con. Easy. Easy, yeah. Okay. Totally. Most of these are pretty straightforward. Worst clue ever. <laughs> uh, 2002, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Sheen. Number three. 2012, Leonardo DiCaprio and Kerry Washington. 1993, Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer. Mm -hmm. Number five, 2012, Anne Hathaway and Amanda Seyfried. Number six, 1993, Anne Margaret and Daryl Hannah. Number seven, 1999, Kate Blanchett, Gwyneth Paltrow. Number eight, 2004, Kate Blanchett and Kate Beckinsale. Number nine, it's a 1992 film with Jack Nicholson and Danny DeVito. Number 10 is a 1987 film with Christian Bale and John Malkovich. 
Number 11 is a 1997 film, Pam Greer and Samuel Jackson. And the 12th one here is 1998's Robin Williams, Philip Seymour Hoffman joint. All right, so just to recap, uh, I'll give you the year of the film and two of the top billed actors. So the first one is 1973, Paul Newman and Robert Redford. Number two, 2002, Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Sheen. Number three, 2012, Leonardo DiCaprio and Kerry Washington. Number four, 1993, release year, Kurt Russell and Val Kilmer. Question five is 2012, Anne Hathaway and Amanda Seyfried. Number six is 1993's film with Anne Margaret and Daryl Hannah. Number seven is 1999's Kate Blanchett, Gwyneth Paltrow film. Number eight is a 2004 movie with Kate Blanchett again and Kate Beckinsale. Question number nine is a 1992 film with Jack Nicholson and Danny DeVito. Number 10 is a 1987 film with Christian Bale and John Malkovich. The 11th is 1997 with Pam Greer and Samuel Jackson. And the final and 12th is 1998's Robin Williams and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. I did not say this before, but um, we're going to just follow the classic five points apiece for this swing round. Sounds good. So, um, but you get uh, you get two extra today because I'm in the Christmas spirit. So, all right. So, just to recap, uh, we're doing the Paul Newman, Robert Redford, 1973 film Ken's. I believe that's the Sting. Uh, we also went with the Sting, and the answer is the Sting. Well done to both teams. All right, second film, 2002, Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Sheen, the Ken's. What did you say for that one? We almost went with uh, The Departed, but 2002 seemed too early for that, so we went with Catch Me If You Can, hoping Martin Sheen is in it. Mm-hmm. Also went with Catch Me If You Can. I believe he's Amy Adams' father. That's correct. That's what I said. No way. <laughs> yeah. Catch Me If You Can. Uh, number three, 2012, Leonardo DiCaprio, Kerry Washington. I think both teams got this pretty quick. Apparently, Ken and Neil went to see this the same day together. <laughs> That's uh, Django Unchained. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at our theater, uh, several people walked out in disgust at uh, Django Unchained. And it was Quentin Tarantino's Django Unchained. Mm-hmm. I, I said I would do some of the top built actors. Uh, Leo, I threw in there as a bone because he's not the top built. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, number four was 1993. Kurt Russell and Val Kilmer. The Kens. What did you say for that one? Oh, I said Tombstone. Kendall will be our Huckleberry. Is Tombstone? Yeah, it is Tombstone. <laughs> well done. Number five, 2012. Anne Hathaway, Amanda Seyfried. Uh, the Kens. What was your answer for this one? Les Miserables. Mm-hmm. Les Miss. Yeah, Les Miss. Yeah, I thought that one was too easy if I gave you the, the huge Jackman on that one. So, 
Uh, all right. And uh, number six, I thought this one was a little bit harder. 1993's Anne Margaret Daryl Hannah Flick. Man, I don't know any Daryl Hannah movies beyond uh, like Kill Bill and Splash, so we went with Splash. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, I could be way off on it. I remember Anne Margaret, uh, since she was a, an older actress at the time, um, uh, I believe she was in Grumpy Old Men as the object of Walter, Walter Matthau's uh, affections. Wow. Yeah, Walter Matthau was the leading man, but uh, Anne Margaret was the <laughs> was the female leading Grumpy Old Men. Wow. <laughs> I remember right. that from the, the DVD cover. <laughs> Well, at least you remembered it. Number seven is 1999's Kate Blanchett and Gwyneth Paltrow. Now, if uh, somebody doesn't get this, I will give them the top two build actors, and you'll know it immediately. So, what did you say, the Kens? Man, this was hard. Um, we were talking about Elizabeth and Shakespeare in Love, and we decided to go with Elizabeth. We had the same discussion, and I knew that uh, because Shakespeare in Love beats uh, Saving Private Ryan, which was a travesty, that uh, that was the year before, or two years before, uh, and then I was like, what movie were Gwyneth Paltrow in after that where she would have been a lead? And it wasn't Seven. And then I remembered uh, she was uh, on a beach or something on Italy, uh, in Italy. So we went with the talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah, if I gave you Jude Law and I gave you uh, Matt Damon, oh, Matt it is Damon. the talented Mr. Ripley. All right, number eight, 2004, Kate Blanchett and Kate Beckinsale. Yeah, this one troubled us deeply too. Kind of just thinking of Kate Beckinsale movies and uh, we went with... Serendipity. Yep. Well, uh, Serendipity is one of my favorites. Uh, that's uh, Kate Beckinsale, John Cusack, Jeremy Piven. But uh, Matt, what did we end up going with? Yeah, it's a movie that I saw in the theater. I'm not sure if it's right. Uh, it's very long. We said Pearl Harbor. Oh. What if I gave you Leonardo DiCaprio? Oh. It's The Aviator. Yeah. Oh. I, oh, I oh. There's <laughs> planes in Pearl Harbor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were close. I believe Pearl Harbor was 02 or 01. Yeah. 02. I believe she's the only I was person still in high when I saw it. So she's the only me. person to play an Oscar winning win an Oscar for playing an Oscar winner. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wanted to mix that one up because otherwise there would have been three Leonardo DiCaprio movies. On oh, this that's list. my that's that's <laughs> totally my bad, man. <laughs> Catherine Hepburn and Ava Gardner. That was my bad. Yep. Ugh. I thought you would have had that one. All right, number nine is 1992. Jack Nicholson and Danny DeVito. I think this probably catched at least caught one team off guard. Mm-hmm. What about the other one? Yeah, Kens? I have no idea on this one. So we just said Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this one is tough. <laughs> I, I was trying to think of movies that DeVito and Nicholson were in together. Uh, I know they were in Hoffa together, but I didn't know what year that was. And uh, we just figured maybe DeVito directed him in Matilda. Um, so we went with Matilda. Oh, Neil, it was Hoffa. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number 10 is 1987, Christian Bale and John Malkovich. Ken struggled a little bit with this one, but what did you settle on? Uh, just went with Rescue Dawn. Very interesting you picked that one uh, because uh, there's a Spielberg reference and it is a young Christian Bale at wartime in Empire of the Sun. I think Ken knows that Empire of the Sun is the correct answer. <laughs> All right, number 11 in the round is a 1997 film with Pam Greer and Samuel Jackson. What'd you say, Ken's? Jackie Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the one of my favorite Tarantino's, uh, Jackie Brown. Yep, it is uh, Tarantino's Jackie Brown. So I looked up uh, ones for this, and there was a lot of Tarantino movies and a lot of Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. movies. So Django definitely had to go on the list. And the last one in the round, 1998, had Robin Williams and Philip Seymour Hoffman together. This one is a kind of a guess. It's a movie that Robin Williams is in, and it kind of is about the spirit of giving and forgiveness. And uh, it's Neil's. Uh, it's a movie about Neil, I should say. It's The Fisher King. Mm. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah we, we talked about a lot of different Robin Williams movies and couldn't really place Philip Seymour Hoffman in any of them. Uh, we started with Death to Smoochie, went to Patch Adams, and <laughs> settled on What Dreams May Come. We took it one too far. Uh, was Patch Adams? Patch Adams. Uh, hey, uh, hey, what's your ailment? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so following the swing round, uh, Team Noel uh, racked up an additional 45 points, bringing their score to 95, and the Kens are right on their trail with uh, 70 points total. Ooh. So time to bring it into round two. First question in round two. Uh, At just 13 years old, Rockabilly star Brenda Lee was the lead on vocals for what infamous Christmas hit? I think we're good. All right, these guys are locked in. Um... Do you think this is rocking around the Christmas tree? I hadn't thought of that, but sure. Jingle Bell Rock is sung. The traditional recording is a guy, a male. On that, right? Yeah, right. I think rocking around the Christmas tree is female. It's kind of a rockabilly song, so 
Let's go with that. Yeah, and I guess it sounds kind of young, actually. The thing. Right. Yeah, uh, we agree. We went rocking around the Christmas tree. Yeah, I was. I couldn't believe it myself when I found out she was only thirteen. Uh, but yeah, rocking around the Christmas tree. Wow. Good job. She apparently went on to have quite a successful rockabilly career, but never repeated her Christmas success. Mm. So it's mm. a shame. It's kind of a shame. All right, question two in the round. 2001 saw the release of what line of fashion dolls, which despite slow initial sales, came to take up a large share of their product field in later years. The line is now worth more than $1 billion, and reportedly, they're interested in trying to revive the now bankrupt Toys R Us. We wrote that like in unison. <laughs> the moment. Did you say fashion dolls? Yep. You guys are locked in? Yeah. Yeah. I wrote down Bratz. Oh, yeah. That, that was all about clothes, right? Yeah, and big heads and big eyes. All right, Bratz. Mm-hmm. We also said Bratz with a Z. There we go, Bratz with a Z. Yeah, Matt and I were just too excited to write down Bratz. I <laughs> <laughs> said 2001 fashion doll. I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> They're still making them to this day. So Matt has a vast collection. Yeah. He I do his Beanie Babies. Right next to my Beanie Babies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, was going to write a Beanie Baby question for you, but I decided not to. Oh. But not to exclude Matt. The next question is a sports question. Hooray. Number three in the round. Christmas Day 1994 saw the Miami Dolphins and the Detroit Lions play a game with a record on the line. Barry Sanders entered the game with 1,831 rushing yards with a shot for 2,000. Sanders didn't set any records that day, but the victory was Miami head coach's 319th regular season victory, putting him ahead of George Hallis and setting a new record for regular season wins by a head coach. Who was this famous head coach? Hey, one I think I got. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Any uh, any football knowledge? My husband's watching football in the other room, so I'll be right back. <laughs> I need to get a drink of water. Let's, uh, <laughs> they might not mention it on today's broadcast. <laughs> we have no idea, so we're going to go with Coach McGurk. Uh, coach McGurk, oh. uh, famous coach of the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, from home movies. Uh, no, this is uh, he's, he coached them for a very, very long time. Uh, had a son who was very much, much less successful than Dave, and this was Don Shula. So uh, Shula had broken the overall wins record the year before in '93, but uh, he finally passed Hallis's uh, regular season record in Christmas of '94. Mm-hmm. So Don Shula, Matt and I uh, knew that from uh, his work with Ace Ventura. Yeah, <laughs> rescuing Snowflake. <laughs> Do you think like a dolphin? <laughs> Oh, that's day. <laughs> All right. Uh, number four in the round. The Will Ferrell classic Elf with Jim Kahn was the sophomoric debut for what current blockbuster director? Like many of his other films, the director also plays a small role in the film. We're locked in. I think maybe it's Adam McKay. Um, he's doing that new movie Vice, and he did uh, The Big Short, um, but he also did movies like Step Brothers, I believe. Uh, so he's kind of started in comedies, and now he's moving towards dramedies. Um, let's go with Adam McKay. Uh, yeah, this director, uh, I believe his first movie... Uh, oh, wait. <laughs> oh, you liked him with Adam McKay, though, right? It's John Favreau. It is John Favreau, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, known for making slight cameos in some of his films and later blockbusters in the Marvel series, it's John Favreau. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question five. 1988's Scrooge sees Bill Murray comically retell the classic novel A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. In Scrooge, Murray plays a cynical man with what occupation? Hmm. I know, I know the industry he's in. I'm just trying to. I don't know how specific. Uh, I think, I think that's good enough. Or do you think he's? I'll have discretion. Yeah. So that 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 encompasses most things. Okay. All right. So these guys are in. Um, have you seen this one? I know the the movie cover. I know my parents owned it. Yeah. You know, looking through our collection, I always sure. saw it. Do you think he's in um, show business or banking or? I would think it's some sort of uh, maybe stockbroker. Yeah, I would. I think it's something like at the business end. I don't think it's any kind of um, show business. Okay, let's so uh, business, not show business. <laughs> stockbroker, you think? Yeah, I, I would say that. Um, I was thinking, you know, maybe attorney or maybe just because mm. I'm a cynical one. <laughs> um, got a cigar right isn't he just wearing his pajamas with like a stocking cap pajamas right no i, I believe he's in a lawyer's tuxedo oh. I was gonna say, lawyers often wear pajamas if that helps i'm in them right now yeah i was gonna say you're in pajamas you practice in pajamas uh-huh naturally like that'd be a great bananas and pajamas oh god i love that show <laughs> sorry coming down the stairs okay 
<laughs> yeah, we're in a stockbroker. So I believe at the end of the movie, um, he's trying to win the affections back uh, from Karen Allen. And uh, I they go to a, a TV studio because they're doing a televised version of the Christmas Carol. And they all sing Put a Little Love in Your Heart. And I believe he's a TV producer of that network uh, and goes on his own set to profess his love to her in the world. So uh, I said I would uh, rule with a little bit of discretion. He is a TV executive, but I think producer would qualify mm. for credit. All so right. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll take it to court. In the, yeah. I mean, in the end, he is a pro- he is trying to produce the the production. So right. Oh yeah, he's that. a network exe- Yeah, TV yeah. network executive. Yeah. Yeah. If we, I guess if we if said involved, TV guy, we'd probably be wrong, but <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> Question six in the round. The song Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was recorded originally in 1949, becoming the first number one song of the 1950s. What famous singing cowboy is responsible for this famous version, which has sold more than 12 million copies? (laughs) This will appeal to all of our listeners who are more than 70 years old. And I know this because it's the 70-year-olds in my life who constantly tell me about this singing cowboy. I was hoping this was going to be about DMX performing it. What? Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> Is that it, you think? He's a cowboy. Yeah, coming back with the Roy Rogers. Hey, that's all I can think of. <laughs> all right. We're in with the Roy Rogers. Yeah, I would say, so you wrote down Roy Rogers. I would have to think it's either Roy Rogers, Hank Williams, Gene Autry, or... Paul Newman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, There's always a chance for the Newman. Roy Rogers. Roy Rogers. Roy Rogers. Uh, Bar- hey, everyone. It's Barbara Walters. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Roy Rogers, please. Um, yeah, we could do Roy Rogers if you want. You really can't say it. I can't say it. <laughs> yes, we're locked in also with Roy Rogers. Well, I, I never feel too bad if it's been mentioned, but the singing cowboy is often Gene Autry. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of his <laughs> shtick. Well, at least I said it. it. makes me feel a little bit better. Why Wadros? <laughs> Question seven in the round. In 2016, the NFL played its first Christmas Day games since 2011. In a matchup of Pittsburgh versus Baltimore, Antonio Brown won the game on the back of a four-yard touchdown pass with nine seconds left. The winning effort not only clinched the AFC North for Pittsburgh, but it also made Brown the only player to have four straight 100 reception seasons since which famous Colt set that benchmark? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say him or the uh, RW, but that's probably better way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The old, good old R-dubs. So the year Antonio Brown's at it was 2016, you yeah. said? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I was just going to go with my favorite receiver, Catchy Goodarms, but... <laughs> Oh, yeah, he's prolific, sure. He's really good. What about his cousin, Catchy Stronghands? Yeah, he's good, too. <laughs> catchy, good arm. <laughs> good hands. All right, so Catchy, good hands for the Kens, mm. and uh, I think Matt might have had this one. Well, I'm not 100% sure on this one. The Colts actually had a few prolific receivers in the Peyton Manning era, but his first and favorite was always Marvin Harrison, so I said Marvin Harrison. So Brown beat this record by making it five in a row in 2017, but the one who set the benchmark was Marvin Harrison. It wasn't catchy good arms. It was, it was sadly not. He only had three Shocking. in a row, actually. So just missed it. <laughs> Neil, of course, is making a joke about Reggie White. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne. I, I'm sorry, Reggie Wayne. Oh, God. That was bad. Reggie Re- Wayne. Reggie White not catching a lot of passes. Yeah, definitely not a good receiver. No. All right. Question eight. White Christmas made its debut in what Irving Berlin presented slash scored film from 1942? A smart casting director also recruited the talents of Fred Astaire and Bing Crosby, which made it a huge hit at the time. We're locked in. Pretty sure this is um, not actually White Christmas, but Holiday Inn. Yeah, Holiday Inn. That's one of my favorites, aside from all the minstrel shows. I think I've heard Neil going on about this one in the past a couple (laughs) times. Oh, yeah? Yeah, let's go with Holiday Inn. Yeah, for sure. Holiday Inn. Yeah, uh, save for uh, the terrible blackface that's in the movie. The rest of it's pretty good. <laughs> I glanced over that. I, I know right. it's there. So right. we went with Holiday Inn. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you'd be smart for staying at a Holiday Inn. Mm-hmm. Holiday Inn. Hotel or motel? <laughs> 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 Question nine. In the 12 days of Christmas, how many birds would you have to give your true mm-hmm. love on day 10? His question, though, was how many? Mm-hmm. So wouldn't it just be 10? No, 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 no. Because each day they give all of those things. Oh, oh, so like oh! On the I fifth see. day, they give oh, twelve there's of multiple this, birds. eleven of this. So, oh, my bad. Okay. It would do. Tr- there'd be sixty of whatever the twelfth is by the fifth day. Yeah, okay. because this man's insane. Saying so cumulatively, just on the tenth. On day. On the tenth day. Okay. Okay. 
Oh, that makes it easier. It's not how many he's given so far. Correct. Oh, yeah. So I'm it's, not a total. D- so it's it's either just. I think it's just mostly a d- not 100 percent. D- no. So that's. Uh, I'm uh, at most like 70 percent. I don't want to math anymore. So you can just say whatever whatever number okay. strikes your fancy. All right, we're locked in with uh, 24. And we're going with 23, right? Yeah, 23, sure. So uh, it's the same for days 7 through 12, because it's all people after that. It's 23 birds. Damn. (laughs) All right, and the last question in regulation. Which Christmas film could best be described as Frosty the Snowman if Frosty were an unreliable father who dies in a car crash (laughs) and gets reincarnated as a snowman to set things right with the son he left behind? That's basically it. Yeah, that's very specific. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh, good. Locked in. I think it's just Jack Frost, right? Michael. Oh, Keaton. one of my favorites. The kid says it's better to have a snow dad than a no dad. <laughs> it's so Which good. is pretty clever for somebody whose dad just died. Jack Frost. Uh, we also locked in with Jack Frost. And was his name Jack Frost before he died too? Like their last name was Frost? Yeah, I believe so. God. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not yeah. Michael Keaton's best film, but it, it is Jack Frost. <laughs> All right, so at the end of regulation, the Kens have a score mm. of 120, and Feels Noel's good. have a score of 175. Bringing so the Christmas spirit today. They are. We're a little high on eggnog here. <laughs> so let me go through the final category so we can collect wagers. All right, so category one is Jingle Bells. Category two is Jingle Bells. Oh, no. Category three <laughs> is Jingle All the Way. Category oh. four is Oh, What Fun It Is to Ride. And category five is in a one-horse open sleigh. Oh, God, I hope Jingle All the Way is about Jingle All the Way. (laughs) 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 All right, all the wagers are locked in. Question one in Jingle Bells. Jingle Bells was the first song to be transmitted from space to Earth in 1965 during a communication between ground control and the flight crew. Which NASA project did this mission occur in? I'm not looking for the specific mission. I'm looking for the project. I figured a number was way too hard. Question two in Jingle Bells. While known as one of the most famous Christmas songs of all time, James Lord Pierpont had instead intended Jingle Bells to be used for what holiday? Question three. Jingle All the Way actually had a sequel or remake, depending on how you look at it, in 2014. I say that because with an IMDb rating of 3.9, I'm not surprised I didn't even know about it until I started researching for this game. Arnold sadly did not make a return for the sequel, but which comedian stepped into the starring role of a deranged father, Larry? Yeah. Question four. Oh, what fun it is to ride. Early 2000s kids knew best, knowing scooters were all the rage. What brand was a cut above the rest selling 15 million (laughs) scooters during their first six months of sales? (laughs) (laughs) If only there was a clue in there. (laughs) I didn't think it was hard anyways. And the last category, in a one-horse open sleigh. Origins of Santa Claus trace back largely through the aforementioned St. Nicholas and Sinterklaas of Dutch lore. Some of these early depictions have Santa riding a white horse. However, famed more for Halloween-adjacent works, which creator of Sleepy Hollow and famed American author characterized Santa's travels as utilizing a wagon, which may have contributed to our contemporary visualization of a tiny sleigh and eight tiny reindeer? All right, so all of the answers are locked in. Mm Mm-hmm. So we're going to start with uh, the high bet here. We'll go to Team Ken's. Uh, had 10 points to wager. Uh, which Apollo mission set did uh, this take place in where Jingle Bells was played? I said Nordad. All right. And with nothing on the line, what did you say, Noel's? Uh, we thought the interaction with ground control was uh, Major Tom. <laughs> <laughs> so preceding the Apollo missions, the two-man missions of NASA were the Gemini. So this was Gemini 6. Mm. specifically but i knew no one would get that so and that's not in the spirit of christmas so (laughs) if you knew that one congratulations you are smarter than me which is not hard but uh (laughs) all right second question in jingle bells i believe uh the kens had another 10 points on this so what holiday did uh james lord pierpont instead um intend jingle bells for we thought uh maybe he wanted this to be a new year's jingle ringing in the new year Mm. with some jingle bells that makes sense and what did you guys say over at the Noels? Yeah, I remember reading an article about Jingle Bells once, and it was something having to do with like the wagon in the snow, but during Thanksgiving, I believe. So we wrote, we put Thanksgiving. 
Yeah, he uh, actually had intended it as a famous Thanksgiving song, which that would be the only one I could think of if that ever took off. So, yeah, so it'll be uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. Question number three in Jingle All the Way. Uh, who took up the role that Arnold, I'm assuming, didn't even have to decline? They probably didn't ask him. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> in, uh, Jingle All the Way 2. Now, both teams had wagered 30 on this. Mm-hmm. So we'll start with the Kens. Yeah, this is bad news. Um, <laughs> we just kind of talked. We were like, who would be in like a low budge, uh, not well liked comedy remake? Uh, Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah, this is actually a, a WWE production. Uh, this person came on to host Raw and pimp this movie that he was in, and it was Larry the Cable Guy. Yep, they couldn't even bother to name him something different. Whoa. That it was Larry the Cable Guy. Yep. Yeah, and that was our only only question we wagered on. Yeah, so 30 there. Just kick our feet up from here on out. <laughs> Hopefully. We'll see. <laughs> all right. Uh, oh, what fun it is to ride. Uh, early 2000s kids were all into scooters, and uh, although electric ones are making a comeback now. Uh, what was the brand that sold 15 million scooters in their first six months? Uh, it was at 10 points to the Kens. We'll start there. Uh, those would be the famous Razor scooters. Mm-hmm. Also went with Razor Scooter. Yep, for good reason. That would be the Razor Scooters. Remember all the kids around the neighborhood trying to do like ollies and tricks over <laughs> bumps and whatnot yeah, on a scooter. A, there's a very good reason that the bottom of my scooter looks like it's been through hell. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were that kid. Great. Yeah. I, know, I, I usually just, you know, fell immediately. So. <laughs> all right. And uh, last question. In a one-horse open sleigh. So... Uh, the origins of Santa Slay are kind of unknown, but uh, it's possible. Uh, this is one of the earlier ones showing him with a cart or a sleigh of some kind. So what uh, Sleepy Hollow American author um, commented that he had a wagon. We'll start with 10 points to the Kens. I was pretty sure it was uh, Washington Irving. And zero to the Noels. What was your response? It's really proud that we got a literature question together. It's Washington Irving, we believe. Yeah, it is Washington Irving. Well done to both teams. Final scores are in. The Kens have a hundred and fifty total points. But this week's Christmas cream of the crop, I don't know. What did we do last year? We were the Christmas cream of the crop. Were we? Oh, I guess so. I don't remember. No, I, I'm saying that that's what it was called. Oh, okay. I, don't, I don't remember if we had specific branding. That you're, was the, uh, you're the film on the top of an old uh, punch bowl full of eggnog. That works. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with 205 total points, the Noels are this week's cream of the crop the cream rise to the top oh yeah great game guys yeah yes. yeah that was fun yeah that was a lot of fun yeah it was fun it really put me in the spirit for today yeah, yeah. like i was i was i was lagging a little bit before but now i'm ready to go we were ready to yeah embrace the christmas spirit uh, i think what really put us over the top was uh being visited by uh mm-hmm. kendall uh so thank you so much for yeah. coming to hang out indeed you're welcome. I hope you got all your presents from me. <laughs> and, and what a great teammate. We, uh, we complimented each other's uh, weaknesses and strengths uh, strength mm-hmm. well. Team Ken. Woo-hoo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we appreciate the uh, embroidered uh, tank tops you sent us. We'll wear them uh, <laughs> in, in our calendar. In our, in our calendar, right. Oh, I'm so looking forward to it. <laughs> Any messages you'd like to give out to uh, friends, family, loved ones, uh, or Christmas messages in general? Yes. Um, in fact, I will say a very Merry Christmas to Michael Morin. He's my friend from college. And actually, he lives in Chicago, and um, he's a psychologist. He opened up his own practice after working in the military with um, soldiers and kind of mental health issues there. But uh, his um, therapy, his practice is called Chicago collaborative therapy. So if anybody is in the area, you should look him up. He's brilliant. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's a a great thing he's doing too. So yeah, make sure you look up collaborative therapy. That's very cool. Just a really quick story and a bit of an F you to my dad and my sister. Merry Christmas. Two years, almost two years in a row. They saw Christmas movies without me one year. In high school, I like um, threw up my back at Little Caesars where I was working at the time. And like I fell asleep on the couch and then they like snuck in. I said, where have you guys been? And they're like, oh, we saw Polar Express. And I was like, thanks a lot. And I started crying. Wow. And then I was home from college in 2006. And I think kind of like I didn't throw up my back or anything, but the same situation. I was like sleeping on the couch. They snuck back in. 
And um, I was like, hey, where were you guys? And they're like, oh, we just saw the Santa Claus 3. <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on them. That movie so, sucks. So, <laughs> so please take Kendall to a Christmas movie this season. <laughs> yeah, take me this year, guys. Um, I still haven't seen the Santa Claus 3 or Polar Express out of protest. Mm, I understand. You'll, you'll be okay. We're going to be showing a double feature at our studio over here. So. Oh, my gosh. Those All are right, exactly cool. the movies we collected. <laughs> Yeah, Martin Short and the Santa Claus Three. <laughs> well, the the best Christmas gift uh, that you've given us, uh, other than being here today, is being a, a Patreon supporter. Uh, so uh, thank you so much for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anyone else would like to join Kendall and um, sort of uh, spread the Christmas cheer, you can go to uh, Patreon.com/slash Triviality Podcast. Uh, we have some uh, newer perks uh, launching right after the new year uh, coming up here, uh, or just altered perks, uh, not to be confused with Altered Carbon, the TV show, but. Um, but uh, keep a lookout for those, and and uh, it's a good Christmas gift for someone mm-hmm. else. Uh, can't say thank you enough to those of you who already support us. So uh, if you'd like to do that, we could give you a little bit of back of Christmas cheer, some of the bonuses over there. But uh, I think that about does it for us today. We'll keep it short and sweet so you can get on with the rest of your holiday. But uh, for uh, Kendall and the I don't know how we got away with an hour and a half recording without saying this, the filthy animals in the studio with me, <laughs> Ken, Matt, and Neil. Uh, I'm Jeff, and that was Triviality. Take it you really needed a tree. No, I've already got one, but I got a friend I think that maybe use it. Besides, it'd be a shame for a little fellow not to have a home for the holidays. It's nice to find somebody with such devotion to Christmas. You know, I don't tell many people this, but Christmas is just about my favorite time. Ever since I was a little kid, I always felt like it was my own personal holiday. I'm at one with the Yuletide, know what I mean? <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. I even memorized the names of all the reindeer, like Donder and Blister. That's Blitzen.